Okay, let's get to the word tonight. Like I said, it's Pentecost Sunday, so we're going to preach about the coming of the Holy Spirit, okay? So, what does that say? Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. You know, somebody might have said that to you, and you would have thought, oh, goody, depending on what it was. (laughs) Or you might have thought, oh, no, I'm not ready. Or, no, I can't do it. You know, when someone says to you, now it's your turn, it's like, no, let him go first. Let her go first. <laughs> but, you know, this is, a, this is a wonderful sermon about now it's your turn, okay? So we're going to get to the word in a minute. Um, we've just come through Easter, which the Jewish people call Passover, you know, and the last 40, 50 days, actually, 50 days. Penti in, in Greek means five, 50, 50 days. Mm-hmm since Jesus went to the cross, rose from the dead, okay? And then for the next 40 days after he rose from the dead, he was proving that he was alive, actually. He made many appearances to hundreds and hundreds of people to show that he really was alive, that he really had defeated death, and that he um, was truly the resurrected Lord. And so it's been quite a dramatic season over those past 40, 50 days. Um, It was a time when the the disciples saw, uh, they'd walked with Jesus for three and a half years and then all of a sudden everything kind of changes. It was kind of exciting up until then, I guess. But then everything changed. And Judas betrays Jesus. The next thing, Jesus is um, uh, being accused of all kinds of things. You know, wrongfully accused. Then he's been crucified on the cross between two criminals. And there's all kinds of horrible things happening. And then he dies. Three days later, he's raised up. He's resurrected. Amazing. Awesome. And then he proves that he is resurrected. And then he's preparing the disciples in that time. He's preparing him for the next thing. Because he's basically saying to them on the cross, he said, it is finished. In other words, my work here is almost done. The cross was a finished work. But for the next 40 days, he was preparing the disciples for what came next. Because he's basically saying, I've done my part. Now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. So they've been prepared for like three and a half years. But now it's like, it's the moment of truth. And so Jesus had said to them, In the book of Matthew 28, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he says to the disciples, and he says to us too, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them. So he's saying, Get them saved get them baptized and teach them. He says, teach them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And what I've taught you, you teach them. He discipled them and trained them up and now he wants them to do the same. And then he says this, and look, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm gonna be with you all the time. But they know that he's leaving soon. (laughs) 
He said, I'm going away. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So at the beginning of this, Jesus said, I've got the authority. I've got the authority. Okay? And I'm giving you the authority. But sometimes you can have the authority, but you may not have the power. So he's saying, I have the authority, and you will have the power. He said this to them too. Behold, or look, I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit upon you. But tarry, or wait, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So Jesus said, I've got the authority... Now, I'm going back to heaven to my Father, and he's going to send the Holy Spirit. I promised you the Holy Spirit, the one who will give you the power. See, Jesus was limited to a flesh and blood body by choice, so he could die on the cross for us as a human. But he couldn't indwell everybody as a human. So he said, I'm going back to my Father. I'm going to send the power that each and every one of you need to fulfill the call of God so that you can do what you need to do. He's saying, I want you to wait. Wait here in Jerusalem, and then the Holy Spirit, who has been promised, he will come, and he's going to give you that power. Okay? Because they would have been thinking, oh, how are we going to do this? He's saying, it's okay. The same Holy Spirit that's in me will be in you. The same power that's on me to do these things will be upon you. So he's comforting him with these words, okay? So he said, wait, okay? So sometimes when someone says to you, wait, they might mean five minutes. <laughs> just wait here. Okay, I'll be back in five minutes. Now he said, just wait until. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes. How long did they wait? They waited 10 days. 10 days. I don't know how many people he spoke this to, but at the end of the 10 days, there was 120 left, okay? There was 120 of them left. This is what he said. You shall receive power. So they had the authority. He said, I give it to you. And now he's saying you're going to have the power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me. Not witnesses for me, but witnesses to me. In Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, near and far near and far. Wherever you find yourself, you can be witnesses to me. Okay, he's not saying witnesses for me. He's saying witnesses to me, which means, yeah, I saw him. I was there. It's true. It's real. Okay, that was being witnesses to the fact that he did the miracles. Witnesses to the fact that he died on the cross. Witnesses to the fact that, yeah, we saw him alive and well and resurrected. That's what he was calling them to do. So for those 10 days, 120 of them 
waited and prayed. It said these all continued in one accord. They are all together. They're in unity. They're in agreement together in one accord in prayer. So they were praying. They were probably praying. When's, when, Holy Spirit, when are you coming? Like after seven days, eight days, nine days, they were praying and praying. With prayer and supplication, with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So it wasn't just the men disciples. It was women there. It was Jesus' mom. It was his brothers. Those brothers who were kind of against him before are now with him. They're for him and they want to do the work of God. They were convinced. They were men of faith. They were here and they were praying and waiting. And during this time, uh, we know that there was 12 disciples, the inner core. But of course, Judas, the betrayer, is gone. So there's only 11 of them now. So before the Holy Spirit came, uh, God is a God of order. Okay, God is a God of order. And so he was setting things in order. And at this time, Peter stood up and said, look, I think we need to, um, we need to replace Judas. So they prayed and they said, you, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two, because they chose two men, choose which, show us which of these two you have chosen to take the part in this ministry. In other words, who's the replacement? And the apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, fell. He fell. He lost his position. He gave it all up. Okay? He fell that I, that he might go to his own place. Okay. Pray for my eyes, people. <laughs> that he might go to his own place. And so they're basically saying, pray. Which one of these two men, they probably both had good hearts, but there was something about one of them that God knew his heart. So they prayed and said, which one should replace Judas? And then it says, and they cast their lots. They made the decision and the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles so Matthias was the one who was chosen so basically he's just one of 120 people and then all of a sudden because of their prayers God has spoken to Peter and said choose a replacement and then they chose these two out of these two and of course you never hear of Matthias again you don't but he was chosen at that time, basically saying, it's your turn. It's your turn. So suddenly he gets promoted just from one of the ordinary people there to one of the 12. And sometimes that's what happens. You get a sudden promotion. Sometimes we wait and wait and wait, or sometimes we're not even expecting it. And sometimes they say, it's your turn. Go, Whoa, I'm one of the 12 now. Wow, wasn't expecting that. And then he was probably thinking, oh, how am I going to do this? I wasn't waiting, I wasn't ready for this. But then they would have thought, oh, hang on, we're waiting for the Holy Spirit. It's okay. He will give us the power. And of course, 
the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues. It was very dramatic. It was a rushing wind. It was like fire. It was an awesome experience when the Holy Spirit came. It was visible. It was audible. It was dramatic. Okay? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. So suddenly, they're speaking in other languages. As the Spirit gave them utterance, they didn't make it up. As the Holy Spirit began to speak through them. And if you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit and you've spoken in tongues, you know what I'm talking about. And of course, many people were there at that time because everyone had come up to Jerusalem at that time of year to worship. And they were from all different parts, many different parts, many different languages. And they said, we hear them speaking in our own language or our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. So there was the power of the Holy Spirit and there was a new level of worship. There was a new dimension of worship. They weren't just singing or speaking with their own language. They were in another realm, basically, of worship, high-level worship, because it was from heaven. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit and you've never spoken in tongues, you've never sung in tongues, you know what? Begin to hunger for that because it is awesome, awesome experience. It will take you into new realms in the Lord. So this is what happened. The Holy Spirit came and suddenly he fills them. This was the promise. This was the promise of the Father. They were filled. There was evidence. And the interesting thing is, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come on individuals. But here it's come on the whole group. And this was the beginning of the church, the beginning of the New Testament church. Was this the beginning of the acts of the Holy Spirit? No, the Holy Spirit's always been and he always will be. He's the eternal spirit. But this was the beginning of the acts of the apostles. It was their turn to do the works of God on the earth. And the Holy Spirit was the one who would give them the power to do that. And the same Holy Spirit gives us the power to do the works of God, which is pretty awesome, pretty awesome. So he gives us the power. Jesus said this to the, to the disciples before he left. He said, these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents and they will drink anything deadly. It will in no way hurt them or harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Those who believe in the name of Jesus those who are empowered by the Holy Spirit, God working through his people. If you believe, then you will see these things happen. That's what he said. If you believe, these things will happen. 
lay hands on the sick. In other words, be compassionate. Be aware of the needs of those around about you. Don't be self-centered. Be aware of those around about you. Be caring. Be considerate. Be kind. Be compassionate. In other words, be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. What else did he say would happen? In the book of John 15, he said, you didn't choose me. Jesus said this. He said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. He's chosen them. He's chosen us. And he has appointed. We are chosen and we are appointed that you should go and bear fruit. In other words, don't be like a tree with just green leaves. Have some good fruit. Bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Otherwise, just doesn't fall away and be forgotten, but that it continues. Your fruit remains. And listen to this wonderful promise that whatever you ask the Father in my name shall be done. You shall receive. I shall give you. He shall give you. What a promise that is. What an amazing promise that when we are fruitful, there is the blessing of answered prayer. They go hand in hand. He's saying, I chose you, I've appointed you, bear good fruit, and as you bear good fruit, there will be fruitfulness in your prayers as well. That's a wonderful promise. A lot of people don't see that, they don't realize that. But the fruitfulness and the, the blessing of answered prayer go hand in hand. That's a, a wonderful promise from the Lord. Be fruitful. Not only that, he said, by your fruits, they will know you. If we are fruitful and we show forth Jesus' love, Jesus' care, the nature of Christ, that is being fruitful. Not only that, he said, I want you to be ambassadors. The power of God will help us to represent God well to represent the kingdom well it says in second corinthians chapter 5 now then in other words you weren't before but now now then we are ambassadors for christ we represent him as though god were pleading through us to be reconciled to him to be reconciled to god God is working through us. Jesus was calling people into the kingdom of God, calling them out of darkness. Now the Holy Spirit is doing it. God is doing it through us as his ambassadors. He was the ambassador from heaven to the earth. We now are the ambassadors on the earth to bring people to heaven. What a wonderful honor. What a huge responsibility. But what a privilege to work hand in hand with the Lord and have the power of God helping us. We're not on our own here. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. He's always here to speak into our ears, to speak into our hearts, to help us. Why? For he made him, God made Jesus, he who knew no sin, to be sin for us, 
that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So he became like us, but he never sinned, so that he could save us from our sin and bring us in to the kingdom of God. Awesome, awesome plan of God. We are his ambassadors to tell others, to show others and to tell, show and tell. Kids in school do show and tell. That's what we're supposed to do, to show the love of God, to show the nature of Christ and to tell others about him. You know, he said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And now it was their turn and our turn to say, yes, he is the way. Yes, he is the truth. Yes, he is the life. Amen. So what does it all boil down to? The Holy Spirit in us works through us to show Jesus to others. It's as simple as that. And the last one I want to go to, I love this passage, talks about being wise. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of God is. Do you want to know what the will of God is? Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The will of God is that we be filled with the Spirit. Okay? Not to be drunk like the world, drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. What does that mean? That means don't be worldly, don't be carnal, don't be selfish and um, self-indulgent but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. What is dissipation? Dissipation. <laughs> dissipation actually means tossing of the head. Oh, my head. Oh. You know, if you've ever been drunk and had a hangover, that's what it means. It's horrible. It's horrible, okay? It talks about self-indulgence. It talks about dizziness. It talks about being scattered in your head, like that. No clarity, total confusion, dizziness and heaviness. You know, drunkenness kills the brain cells. Every time someone gets drunk, kills millions of brain cells, okay? <coughs> Does, go and do the research. That's why it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of wisdom. The Spirit of love. You'll be clear-minded. You'll be strong and healthy. Okay? You'll have no regrets. I don't know about you, but if you'd ever been drunk any time in your life and had hangovers and had lots of regrets... But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it's a wonderful, joyful, awesome, life-giving experience. It'll bless you and it'll bless those around you. Be filled with the Spirit. Jesus did his part. Now it's our turn. The disciples, they did their part. We read about it in the Gospels. We read about it in the New Testament. Now... It's our turn. It's my turn. It's your turn. But we're not alone. We've got the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we just thank you tonight. 
Lord, it's time to do our part, and, and we are, we are doing our part. Lord, we just thank you that you remind us that we are not alone, and that on this wonderful day of Pentecost, on the day of the, um, the anniversary of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that started the church age, Lord, we just thank you that we have access. You gave us authority. You've given us the power. We have access. Lord, all we need to do is ask. You say, ask, and you shall receive. Lord, we just thank you that we can be filled afresh with your Holy Spirit today. You give us ears to hear what you're saying. You give us courage. You give us direction. You give us gifts and talents, Lord. Words of knowledge and prophetic insights. Lord, when we lay hands upon the sick, they shall recover. Lord, we shall bring people out of darkness into your light. They will be baptised. They will be taught. Lord, things will change and people will change and transformation will come because of the power of the Holy Spirit that covers us, that empowers and endues us, that clothes us and protects us. Lord, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit today. Father, I just pray a fresh touch upon each and every one in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I want to pray for anyone tonight who wants to be filled afresh or filled for the first time with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Otherwise, have an awesome week. I want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Anyone want to?